everyone, and welcome back to Certified Sports Girl Podcast. This is your host, Avery Bales, and today we actually have a new co-host joining us on the show, so I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hey guys, my name is Andrew. I'm a freshman at UNC and the neighbor to Avery. My major is business, but my passion is UNC athletics, particularly basketball and football. So yeah, me and Andrew met, um, he lives right next to me in our dorm, and we've always like hung out and stuff, and so when I was thinking of someone to come on here, I knew Andrew was going to be the one, because I know he's amazing about talking about sports and things like that, so I'm really excited to get this started. Shot clock down to 12, love, guarded by Fields, gets a screen, pulls up for three, got it! All right, so first up to start first up to start this off, we're going to talk about ACC basketball and just the games that have been going on through this past week. We're filming this on Thursday night, so I know that there might be some games tonight. I know there's a women's basketball game tonight, but sadly we won't be able to cover it. Um, but anyways, so we start off with Duke barely winning versus Boston College. They somehow got out an upset. Uh, they won 65-64, and Dariq Whitehead was led, led Duke with 18 points. Um, I was honestly surprised they came away with this win because when I was watching this game, it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. I got, I got excited for a little bit because we all know how we feel about Duke. Um, we but don't yeah, like him. We don't, we don't like Duke. We don't like Duke. So, But sadly, they escaped it, so it's whatever. But, yeah. FSU wins against Georgia Tech, 75-64. After Georgia Tech's win over Miami, they dropped this one to Florida State, which isn't a very good team. Leonard Hamilton usually does a great job. It's not one of those years. Um, Matthew Cleveland leads FSU with 21 points and leads all scores. And then Wake Forest beat Louisville 80-72, to and Damari Monsanto had 21 points. Um, this one didn't surprise me too much. I felt like this was kind of expected. I did expect a, maybe a little bit more of a better game. Um, I mean, a little bit less of a better game. I didn't think Louisville was going to be able to keep up, but they did. So Louisville might be one of the worst teams in Power <laughs> 5. So it's, it's kind of surprising that they even put up 72 points against Wake Forest, who's not a bad team. That's what I'm saying. Um, Clemson... Wins against Pitt barely a, a battle for a battle for first place of the coastal at the time or not the coastal ACC at the time, they won seventy five sixty four seventy four, PJ Holland Hunter Tyson bring double doubles to the table and Chase Hunter leads with seventeen points, what a clash those two had, um that's gonna set up nicely for Clemson leading, leading the ACC right now and going into the NCAA tournament. Um, and then next up, we have Virginia wins against Syracuse, 73-66, and Armand Franklin led with 16 points. This one surprised me because we all know Virginia, they're a defensive team, so usually those scores when they're playing other teams, it's a low-scoring game. But this one was surprisingly, I feel like, high-scoring for some things. It doesn't seem like it's high-scoring, but for Virginia, I did feel like it kind of was high-scoring, so that was interesting to me. Um, NC State beats Virginia Tech 73-69. Terquavion Smith with 22 points and Jarkel Joyner with 21. Um, the ACC is really just a battleground right now. I mean, every <laughs> so many games are just going back and forth. Like I thinking coming to think of it, I think Virginia Tech should win this game. I don't know what happened, but I don't know. It's a clash in the ACC. Yeah, ACC is kind of up for grabs currently right now. Everyone's all over the place. We've got upsets left and right. And things like that. Um, and then next up, we have Notre Dame winning against Georgia Tech. They actually went to overtime with this game, and Notre Dame ended up pulling out with free throws. Dane Goodwin had 19 points and 12 rebounds, which led Notre Dame in the hard-fought win to take the win against Georgia Tech. Um, Miami and Isaiah Guang led, beat Boston College 88-72. 
last year in the tournament, Isaiah Wong went off, leading Miami to the Elite Eight. Um, you could might be able to come to expect that this year. And then next up, Duke beats Pitt, another one that Duke barely escaped from. It, this one was a little farther of a reach, though. It was 77-69. to 69. Kyle Flabowski comes away with 28 points and 15 rebounds, which uh, that impressed me. I mean, even Pitt's been pretty decently good this year, too. So the fact that he was able to put up numbers like that, I definitely have respect for him, even though it's Duke. But, yeah. Um, Syracuse wins over Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech dropping a few of these key games. Not very good for the ACC seeding for them. But they're a promising team, and I think they'll be someone to reckon with in March. They they lose 82-72, and Joseph Girard third with 24 points. And then Clemson beats Louisville, which doesn't surprise anyone, I don't think. Clemson has a pretty good team this year. Once again, Hunter Tyson, name mentioned again, he comes in with 28 points which is also very impressive. He's been good for Clemson. Like I said earlier, him and P.J. Hall are bringing double-doubles to the table. So he's definitely been good for Clemson so far. And I'm, I'm excited to see what Clemson can do and what they'll be able to do in March. I think they're definitely another one of those teams that could be a sort of worrisome. Clemson, a top 25 team, or at least they should be, in my opinion, going undefeated in ACC play thus far. Um, on to the next, another floor, another score. Um, Wake Forest beats FSU 90-75, showing FSU's true colors. Um, Wake Forest wins by 15. Cameron Hildreth with 23 points, and both Andrew Carr and Damari Monsanto had 22 points each. Um, and then, so that's all the scores that we have at this time, as it is Thursday night. Um, in ACC play. In the ACC play. But um, next up, we're going to talk about, sadly, Coach Segula. For those of you who don't know who Coach Segula is, he has been the women's volleyball coach for the past 33 years. Um, he's been a great coach for women's volleyball. He's the winningest coach in ACC history. Brought home seven ACC championships, 15 NCAA tournament appearances, and he is also in the NC Volleyball Hall of Fame. And I have major respect for Coach Segula. I mean, he's done good with recruiting for volleyball, and he's been great for our volleyball team. And back when I was in, I think, seventh grade, I went to a UNC volleyball camp, and I actually got to meet Joe Segula. He is so kind. I don't. I mean, who knows? He could have been put on a front, but he was super kind, and I always remember meeting him. He just seemed like he truly did care about young players and making sure they're developing and that they could have a chance at being good one day. So I'm definitely gonna miss him a lot. He's always been one of my favorite UNC coaches. He's just he and 33 years committed to the university is just amazing. So big round of applause for Coach Segula. We will miss him lots. What a UNC legend he was. Or is, I guess. And then next up, we have UNC versus Notre Dame. And uh, one thing that I had to say about this game was at the beginning, we were kind of moving the ball around well. Um, and the pressure on defense was going good. This overall, I felt like, was a good game. Um, we ended up winning 81-64. to But this was a really good game to watch for me. I mean, UNC, you could tell they were flourishing both offensively and defensively. Avery, I have one word for you. That's actually two. Seth Himble. Seth Himble. Mm-hmm. Seth, Seth Trimble, as I've said before on this podcast, he is going to be something good. I'm going to keep talking about it until you guys believe me because he, oh my gosh, 
he's been um, starting in place of Pete Nance, and he he has been showing out for a freshman, in my opinion. I mean, here's the thing. The stats don't show it as much, but you can just see in his play, his play truly is affecting the team, and especially when it comes to his defense. Seth and Leakey are the two most defensive players on our team. I mean, Seth just breaks up like offensive offensive movements from the other team. He he has a dog in him. He's always hustling for a loose ball. He reminds me of Puff and Leaky in that sense. I mean, he's gonna be incredible over the next three years if we don't listen to the draft. He he reminds me of his cousin JP Tokido, who was also of a very athletic player, probably better on defense than they were on offense. But I think Seth will have the offensive fi- firepower. Um, and we'll develop it with Coach Davis, one of the best three-point shooters of all time anywhere. Um, um, one thing that really hurt us in the Notre Dame game and also the Virginia game is Pete Nance is still hurt. He was a he was a day-to-day decision coming up until the games, but he still hasn't seen the court, which is a little unnerving, right, Avery? Yeah, it's 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 getting me a little nervous because, obviously, first of all, he's a grad student, so he only has one year with us. So if he truly is going to be hurt for an extended period of time, it's just not going to be well for him nor us because he's been a key point of our offense. Um, so we're hoping he's good, hoping he can come back soon. But honestly, I'd rather him get some time off, heal himself, and be back ready in March when it truly does matter. Um but one thing I also had to say about this Notre Dame game is Caleb Love finally played like Caleb Love plays. We all know the Caleb Love effect. Caleb Love experience, I should say. That, you know, some games he's good, some games he's not. But what, this was one of the games where he did put up a good play. Um, he ended up escaping with 18 points, which has been pretty good compared to um, the previous games. Looking at these two games, Virginia and Notre Dame, one thing that really stands out to me is point guard turnovers. In the Notre Dame game where we won handedly um Caleb Love and RJ Davis only turned the ball over one time each leading to less points for off turnovers and also they really shouldn't be making these mistakes in the Virginia game they each had four turnovers and four turnovers four possessions that Notre or Virginia don't have that could be a Carolina victory exactly it was such a close game if we could limit those turnovers we definitely would have won that game I I can honestly say that with full confidence it's a little frustrating considering how old they are it's so frustrating I mean I get it like everyone makes mistakes like I've said that before in this podcast but I mean like when you're playing an opponent like Virginia where you know you need that win to prove who we are I don't know I just feel like they just they were kind of they were fumbling they were fumbling sorry to use football talk but they were fumbling the game at this point um but in that Notre Dame, Notre Dame game Armando also came out with a double double 21 points and 13 rebounds and RJ Davis came out with 13 points Armando's so dynamic when he's on the court he's amazing we we love Armando we which need, we need Armando we do we do um Next up, women's women's team. They also played Notre Dame, and um, they took the win, sixty to fifty. And remember, in women's, Notre Dame is currently number four in the rankings, or they were, and we beat them. Uh, UNC beat them, and I believe UNC is still currently unranked. So that's a great, amazing win for us. Deja Kelly comes away with fourteen points. She's always one of our top uh, score leaders. She's amazing. And then Paulina Paris, the freshman, also comes out with sixteen points. Super excited to see what she does in the next few games. I mean, she's been great for UNC women's basketball over the past few games. Just making threes left and right, and she's great. And 
fullness, especially for a freshman. And then Alyssa Utsby comes out with 12 points and five rebounds. So I know Courtney Banghart's super proud of them getting this win. Um, and so I'm, I'm super proud of them as well because hopefully UNC women's basketball can finally get the respect they deserve. Um, so now we're going to go into UNC versus Virginia. As we, we gave a little spoiler earlier to, talking about it a little bit. But in the first minute of the game, Armando Baycock gets hurt, which is never a real good thing when he's your best player. Yeah, it never is. And, I mean, we we know he had some struggles with ankle injuries last year. So it, when I saw that, angle, that ankle turn and get that little nick, I, I, I started screaming. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was scared for a minute because he had struggles with that last season. So it, it was worrisome. But as of right now, um, the x-ray did come back as, like, negative. There's nothing wrong. He's all good. So hopefully he's been able to rest a little bit and he can come back strong. Yeah, we really need him. With two starters out in this game, I'm honestly surprised we even put out as much as a fight as we did. I mean, we started out bad. Horrible, actually. I mean, defense and offense both look sloppy. Yeah. You can't make shots. You can't win games. You can't make shots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, again, Caleb Love with his stupid turnovers. And with all this negative, we find one light. And that light is Jalen Washington. Washington. <laughs> oh my gosh, he looks so great on the floor. And Dickie V, Dickie V made made sure of that. You knew he was doing good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was so proud when he came in. He started making shots for a minute. I think he was the only person he was putting only, up points. He was our only offense. He was the really. only person putting up points. Which I know he. I mean, he's a freshman, so this was great for him. Um, I think we were down, and he allowed us to come back and even take a little lead. In mm-hmm. the in the within the first half, I believe. I just remember when I was watching it. It was just like Jalen Washington scored. Jalen Washington scored. Like no one else scored for a while. So he was definitely our saving grace in this game. So. I really like I really like his fadeaway shot that he takes sometimes. Although yeah. although it might not look good as a big man, he's cash. So he is cash. He's cash indeed. And he's tall, dude. Six ten. I mean, come on now. You can't. I mean, Six ten guy fading away like that. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be legal. <laughs> it shouldn't be legal at all. Um, now I know we've been talking a little bit of crap on Kill Love. Okay, we all do it, but he did hit a key shot with two minutes left. Um, he he hit three threes. He goes from not making a shot at the <laughs> from the three into making three within the last like three minutes, and it's almost like they're like reliving that Duke game over and over again. Yep. It's like. They go down and they need. They feel like they need a bucket, and then Caleb Love shoots some outrageous shot. It's always the most outrageous shot ever. You're like, oh, he's not making that, and he somehow makes it. He he makes he makes three he makes three for three within the last couple minutes, which honestly keep Carolina in this game because if not, I think Virginia runs away with this by even more, maybe even fifteen. Yeah, I agree with that. Up until the last five minutes, the game was probably pretty close. But once you're in, once you're in Charlottesville, it's, the arena is just so hard to play in. And it is. One basket from Virginia feels like two. Exactly. They like watching them just get so hype over their baskets. It really made me be like, ah, this is not gonna be good with the crowd acting like this. So we love we love Caleb Love sometimes, especially when he can make three threes and with with um limited time left, which keeps the game in good sign. Once, uh, like I said, it's the Caleb Love experience, as people on Twitter are calling it. It's the Caleb Love experience. Um, but we did lose this game, 65-58. to 58. Um, Definitely a very hard loss, in my opinion. 
Um, but we were losing two key. We didn't have two key starters with us, so that definitely had an effect on the way we were playing. I mean, we haven't won in Charlottesville in eight years, and to think that this team without two starters could go and do it and even compete with Virginia, which much better UNC teams have went to Charlottesville and lost in a worse fashion than this team did. They fought till the end, so it, it is a good sign. It's a good sign to see. Yeah, hopefully once, you know, like I said, Armando should be healthy. So, you know, May, once he comes back, we can all kind of get, they can all kind of get their stuff together (laughs) and um, play like they were against Virginia, but with the two, or with at least Armando as of right now, which I think would definitely help. Um, Some other things I had to say about this game was, once again, going back to Seth Himble, um, he continues to start in place of Pete Nance. He's just delivering, and it's so happy to see him just fitting right in with the team and truly delivering. I think it's funny because now that he dyed some of his hair, um, his dreads bleach, I'm looking at the game, and I'm blind as it is. I can't tell who's RJ and who's Seth. <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes I'm blind, so like, I have to get nice up close. I'm like, wait, what number is it? But that was funny to me. How Like, now they just look like twins. Two baller point guards. <laughs> yeah, they are two baller point guards, but that just made me laugh how he just decided to copy the same exact hairstyle as RJ. I'm sure he didn't copy it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but overall, Virginia, like Andrew said, we haven't won at Charlottesville in eight years. It's it's a tough game to get through. And I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it was at least tight within the first, like within the last minute. It was a good game to watch. It was, it was. It was a little frustrating to watch, but it was still a good game. Good basketball was being um, played, but towards the end, you know, we just defense was lacking we made some mistakes on offense and that's truly what cost us the game I mean during the last eight minutes Diggy V said this one's gonna be a good one (laughs) and I I could tell it was gonna be a good one I just it's so hard to win at UVA and I respect the guys for trying yeah I mean a lot of respect around oh of course and uh, it is such a hard game against Virginia. I mean, their defense, like I said earlier, is so ridiculously good for no reason. Um, so it's always frustrating playing them. And, I mean, I'm sure some of the turnovers did have to do with the fact that, you know, their defense is some of the best and the, is the best in the ACC, in my opinion, and they, they have They do have been. a really good set of, like, their one-on-one defenders are not the best defenders in the country, but Virginia has always been known in they've, – they've just been known for their defense – and I don't know. Tony Bennett's done a great job instilling a defensive mindset with this team. Mm-hmm. So, like like we said, still it was a good game. Like I said, frustrating, but we'll get over it. We'll get over it. We'll get over it. Um, and yeah. Looking to the future, UNC plays Louisville this Saturday. That that one's in Louisville, Kentucky. We really need it. we really need it to go on a little win streak here. Yeah. If if we don't if we don't win against Louisville. Uh, I, Our season's I, I, over. Yeah, I, won't, the I won't have anything to say if we lose against Louisville. NIT bound. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we also have Boston College, NC State, and Syracuse to round out January. We really need to go on a little win streak here before we, we meet Pitt on February 1st at in Chapel Hill in the Dean Dome. So these wins would be really big for not only our tournament hopes, but also uh, our team's like motive and helping them get motivated for March. I am I'm very glad though that the state game is in Chapel Hill. I mean, as we've seen, I mean, state beat Duke this year by like 20 points. So, state does have a team this year. So, I'm excited that when we play them um this when is it again? Um 
they, we play state January 21st. Okay, so two Saturdays from now when we play them. Um, hoping it's going to be a good game since in Chapel Hill. We can talk a little crap to our little brother and hopefully show out and uh, beat them on that standpoint. And then exactly. also with Boston College, um, hoping that'll be a good game. Like I said, they gave Duke some trouble, but Duke's been losing a few games that they shouldn't be losing. But I'm. it's also in Chapel Hill, so... Still hoping that we can pull through both these home games so we can get some momentum going into February. These are some must-win games. It's an important time. It may not be March yet, but these games count. Yeah. Especially when an ACC is so competitive as it is this year. And Mar- March is coming up, too. It's creeping up. It's creeping I mean, up just fast. Looking, looking at the table, Clemson is 6-0 in conference. Miami's 5-1. and Virginia 4-2. and Duke is 4-2. and We have some good wins over... We have a good win over Wake Forest, who's also 4-2. and But... Like, there's like a six-way tie for third place in the ACC right now. And yeah. UNC is in that race, but we're we're still three games back. So these next four games are going to be very key if we want to look at raising the ACC um, regular season championship. Yeah, those odds. Because we also, Syracuse and NC State are right there with us, so... Be, I think winning against them could really help us kind of move forward with our season and start looking towards March Madness. But for right now, we do need to focus on um, all of that. Like we just need to focus on ACC right now because so far ACC is such like it's just up in the air. So I think that's our main focus right now. Um, and then another thing that went on in UNC athletics was Dre Bly sadly um, left UNC. Mutual agreement between both him and Carolina football. He was our cornerback coach. Bly was great for recruiting. I mean, everyone knows Drake, Dre Bly. He is such a considerate dude. I mean, I remember one day I was walking to class um, at 8 a.m. when I walked to class. I don't know if you have any 8 a.m.s, Andrew. Have you had any? I haven't had an 8 a.m. yet. Well, whenever you walk to 8 a.m.s, the way that where our dorm is compared to, like, our classes, you walk right by the football team as they're going into the indoor to go to practice. And some days I would see Dre Bly, and he'd walk past me, and he goes, have a great day today. You got this. Like, have a great day today. And so he's always been a super sweet person. Um, he played for UNC. So he's a family, you know, Carolina family. He's always going to be family. Um, and what was his slogan, his slogans? Rude boys and then and then was it no fly zone? No fly zone. Yeah, rude boys and no fly zone. But I think even after Dre Bly leaving, I mean, he did come up with that. But I think it's still gonna prosper on. I mean, it's hard to say no fly zone with our cornerback abysmal, abysmal boy. (laughs) Yeah, and with uh, half of our uh, defensive back room gone, but. Football, that's for for future conversation. We're in basketball right now. Basketball Um, mode. (laughs) Basketball mode. But one more thing about football was that Georgia versus TCU game. I was so disappointed. I was, like, coming in there. I was, like, maybe TCU can beat Georgia. Like, Cinderella team. I was so excited. And then... (sighs) A team that that didn't make a bowl game the year before makes the national championship and loses. And, I mean, that score is just embarrassing. 65-7? to Yeah, that was a tough game, for, especially for TCU's offense. One one recent move in ACC football play is Garrett Riley, TCU's head co- or TCU's offensive coordinator, is now the offensive coordinator at Clemson. And honestly, I was hoping UNC would would give him a little offer with the exit of our offensive coordinator and try and give him a head coaching job in a couple years if um, he stays and. Leads us to prosperity. I mean, 
he's a great coach, and he really did a lot with TCU's offense this year. So it's sad to see the Clemson get them and continue their reign on the ACC football. And I'm, I'm done with the Clemson era. I'm done with the Clemson era. Like, get Clemson out. I'm so done with their little reigning. It's so time to shine. Oh, my gosh. It's Drake so May bad. season. I, th- I still think it's funny how um, their quarterback, Clemson's quarterback, was he was looking like Drake May in the game versus Tennessee. Kate and he was Clemson. trying to, yeah, Kate Clemson used to try to do his little running and stuff. And I was like, you're not Drake May. Sit down. <laughs> in the in the ACC championship game, though, he did he did look like Drake yeah, May. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't like to talk about that. that. That's a game that was forgotten in my mind. That was forgotten in my mind. I don't like to think about it. To round out our talk of ACC basketball play, Avery and I are going to do a fun little segment where we do a ACC coach power rankings. But we're going to go from lowest to the highest. So, so first up, we have, you know, John Shire. Um, <laughs> of course, Duke is in the mud. They, they'll always be in the mud from now on. The devil's gone. Coach K is out. The rat. The rat. Um, J- John Shire is, John Shire is going to show his true colors and... Show that he's a horrible coach. <laughs> <laughs> Not to hate, he's had, he's done okay so far. Yeah. Duke is a 25-ranked team, which is higher than Carolina. They, he got more AP votes, but who know, who knows why. Those <laughs> AP voters love Duke. They always love Duke. Um, and then next up, uh, we have George Pastner of Georgia Tech. Um, Georgia Tech's always been irrelevant in basketball, I feel like. So I feel like this one's a no-brainer. We just always put, we're going to, John Shire's always going to be a, uh, He's always going to be last. He's always going to be last for us. <laughs> um, next up, we have Kenny Payne, who has led Louisville to one of the worst seasons ever for such a prominent basketball program. And I think Louisville fans are counting the days for Kenny Payne to be gone, honestly. Um, next up on the list, we have Rick Pitino. How, how is Rick Pitino on an ACC coach power ranking, you may ask? Well, Louisville needs him. <laughs> Coach Bertino, we're calling you out. We need you to come back to Louisville for Louisville to be good again, please. Um, and then next up we have, let's do Boston. We're going to do Earl Grant of Boston College because, I mean, I don't know. I, I've never liked Boston College, actually, like as a team. I've just never liked Boston College. They're one of those teams that I have no reason to not like them. I just don't. Yeah. But that's just me. I don't, I don't know. Next up we're, for the ranking, we're going to Little Brothers and Kevin Keats. <laughs> who has led State to an all-right season so far. They're getting a couple AP top 25 votes, but coming down the stretch, I don't think this State team is going to do very well, and that's why I'm ranking Kevin Keats so low. And I also, who knows, maybe they're still, maybe Adidas is still sliding these dudes a little money. That's why they're performing so well. Not to call State out or anything, but we all yeah, know how yeah. I feel about State. Um, and then next up, I think I'm going to put Mike Bray of Notre Dame Fighting Irish because... Uh, they're just not good. <laughs> I don't they're like. Not, they're not doing that hot this year. They're not. They're not. They're not, the they're not doing very good. I mean, in that, in that game against us, they were not looking too good. So. Um. I think next up, I think we're gonna do Steve Forbes of Wake Forest. He he has, he's a promising coach for Wake Forest. He led them to a great underperforming year last year, where they went to the NIT after barely not getting into the NCAA tournament and. They looked. They had looked good all year. They smoked Carolina last year. They did. I mean, he he he's a good. He's a great coach. Um, and then next up, we're gonna have Tony Bennett of the Virginia Cavaliers, <laughs> cause no one likes Tony Bennett. He's a good coach. 
but he pisses me off. Yeah. So that's why he's uh, so low for me. He's really not that low, but I'm not putting him at the top because he pisses me off. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have Mike Young of Virginia Tech, who has let who has turned around this Hokies program. Last year, they were ACC tournament champions. I mean, made it to the NCAA tournament. Didn't make it as far as they would hope, but they still made a, a decent little run there. Um, I think Virginia Tech is looking promising in the future. I think he's a great coach. And then next up, it's getting hard here. I think think I'll go with, yeah, I'm going to have to go with FSU's coach, Leonard Hamilton, because FSU, first of all, this year they ain't been doing hot at all, but in past years they haven't been horrible, but. They've had some good first-round picks. And yeah. They've had, some good, they've had some good little seasons. But the consistency is what you need, you feel yeah. me? And Leonard Hamilton, there's no consistency there, I don't think. Um, next up, we have Clemson head coach Brad Brunell. He, he's been the coach since 2010, but this is like his first year that I've noticeably remembered Clemson basketball. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I think that kind of says what I'm trying to say here. I mean, he's ranked pretty high strictly because of this season, really. Yeah, he, they, he's been, I mean, they're 6-0. and They're leading the ACC this season. I can't remember the last time Clemson basketball was leading the ACC. Yeah, I think... I think he um he's a great coach but and he's done a great job with the team this year but I don't I don't know we'll see how they continue in ACC play and if they can win it. And then next up we're going to do Jim Larenha. Larenha. Larenega. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. Um and he coaches the Miami Hurricanes. Hurricanes have always they've always had like a decently solid team. They'll come out with a few decent wins like some big wins. They always have some big wins every season. I feel like they always sometimes will just come out and play an amazing game of basketball, and you would never expect it. But They had a great run last year. They're ranked pretty highly this year. Um, they're doing a great job. Um, another coach that has kind of come a surprise, well, not come as a surprise this year, but um, Jeff Capel and the Capel brothers have done a great job with their respective programs. Pitt has dropped two recently, but... Um, they are still doing way better than expected in ACC play and are looking to to have a share of the ACC regular season championship. Um, next up, we're going to do the Syracuse coach, uh, Jim Boheim. Um, Syracuse also another one of those teams that's always kind of there, um, but I, I, I don't really have anything else to say. He's, he's a pretty decent coach, I feel like. And he's been at Syracuse for a really long time, so I feel like it's kind of like a Roy Williams kind of thing. He's not Roy Williams, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, he's been there for a long time. He's, you know, that family he's a aspect. Very winning, very winning coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, he coached Melo with a championship. And I think I don't. I think he's actually number three on ACC coaches. I think Tony Bennett's a little higher, but I don't know. He's a great coach and one of the ACC's finest coaches. And he also, no, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. it's a it's a dumb joke. Um, <laughs> Finally, to round out our list, we have Hebert Davis of the University of North Carolina. Our king, our man, our savior. Went to the national championship game last year after his first season. I mean, he's, Come on. he's done he's done that more times than most of the coaches on this list. Exactly. You you can't go wrong with some Hubert Davis. Um, so we love Coach Davis on this show. We do. We love we praise Coach Davis, actually. <laughs> Um, and then another little fun segment we're going to do. So both me and Andrew are students at North Carolina. So we are actually going to rate 
the top five slowest walkers on the basketball team. Because one thing about these athletes on campus is they are going to be some of the slowest people ever. If they don't have their scooters, yeah. then they're not moving at all. <laughs> if they don't have the scooters, they're going at like snail speed. Um, so we're gonna go from. Are we doing lowest from highest to highest to lowest? We'll go. We'll go from. We're go go from slow, not slowest walker, fastest walker of the top five to slowest walker. Okay. So, so fir- first up, we have a number o- five. N- none other than our point guard R.J. Davis. He's not. He's not that necessarily slow when he's by himself, but he, if he's walking with other people, he's so slow. They just move in a little gang. And What's it's just so like so slow? It's so bad when you get stuck behind them because like you can't really go around them because usually when they're together, they're like in the pit and it's a very populated area, and so if you're stuck behind them, like you're stuck. Like there's no way you're gonna get around. You're, them. you're late to class that day. Yeah, you you just you you know you're gonna be late that day, and then coming at number four. Ah, this is kind of hard. I think I might go with Armando. Despite how tall he is, you would think, you know, maybe he would walk a little faster, but the amount of times I've gotten stuck behind him is a little ridiculous at this point. It's a little ridiculous. I think as a personal number three for me, I have Puff Johnson. On my new schedule, as class has started, I see Puff Johnson every other day, and he doesn't get any faster as the days (laughs) go by, so... Um... And at number two, Leaky Black. Oh my gosh! Oh, like it's it's just so funny because all these guys are so tall, but they somehow walk so slow. Like I'm five two. I'm five two, right? I'm five two. And why can I walk faster than you when you are like six six? What? What? Like nothing's adding up here. <laughs> nothing's <laughs> it, adding up here. It's not comprehending. It's not comprehending at all. And finally, at number one on our list, we have none other than. I don't know, the man you love, Caleb Love. <laughs> oh my gosh, the amount of times I've gotten stuck behind this man is so annoying. We love Caleb Love, but not when he's walking. Oh my gosh, and like, it's just, and like I said, when you're in the pit, you just, you can't get around them. You literally can't get around them. Um... But I guess that is our top five. I We might do top five football slowest walkers. We might have to do top ten because there's so many of them. Yeah, but I could, I could, I could name quite a few. But I will put an honorable mention for the fastest walker, none other than Seth Himble. I'm telling y'all, Seth Trimble is amazing in all aspects. Um, last semester, we had two classes, like back-to-back. And literally, he kept up with me the whole way there. He was actually beating me sometimes. And like I said, I'm a fast walker for a girl who's 5'2". So, it always surprised me because we'd be walking, like, right next to each other. And, like, somehow he'd get ahead of me. So, I props to Seth for actually being a fast walker and not walking slow like the rest of them. He wants to be a studious guy and get to class. He's, I mean, you got to respect him. He's a very studious guy. He even sat at the front of the class in one of my classes. Really? That's... Such a guy. Uh, what, a, what a guy. Like, like we've been saying, Seth Himble. That's Seth Himble. Um... Tonight, we're not going to end it just yet. I'm think I'm just going to we're just going to talk about some things going on. And I mean, since Andrew's a little newbie on the show, I think he needs to say a little bit more about himself, maybe a few little stories. I'm trying to think of some stories we have together. But I don't Oh, uh, one thing that we do in the dorms. Is this is playing poker illegal? Um I'm not sure. We 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 might not. We wanna... don't play with real money. We play. No. We just play the chips. We just play the chips. That's all we do. But um, we always have poker nights in their dorm. That's always that's been like a highlight of my freshman year. Honestly, like it's so fun. We're in here playing poker, joking around. It's, it's always a fun time. It's always it's always interesting. Have a little time. have a little game on in the background yeah, or something. It's always great. 
And I, even though we don't play with real money, I still take their money. So yeah. that's always my favorite part. But and mind <laughs> you, I was I, I was a beginner coming into this, and now I'm taking their money. So now they're mad. Just a poker shark. Look, yeah, look, I, I am. mean, um, but like Andrew, where are you from? Tell us a little more about yourself. Um, I'm from Winston Salem. I grew up in the three three six. Um, I've always loved Carolina basketball. Both my parents went here, and so it's been instilled in me for a long time. Um, UNC. And so, I mean, there's so many countless UNC teams. Oh, one question I had. Who is your favorite UNC basketball player ever? <sighs> See, this is such a hard one for me because Bryce Johnson has mm, always been Bryce a player Johnson. that I have loved through and through. Like, I just love that man. But, like, there's also, like, Joel Berry is also, oh, lo- I love Joel Berry, and he's also super nice. It's, I can never pick a favorite player, because I just have too many, almost. What about you, Andrew? Well, I have, I have a, a couple little answers here. Um, Cam Johnson, he was one of my favorites of all time. He's, I love him. He's, oh, yeah. he's so great. Andrew Andrew has a Cam, I, the Arizona, yeah, Cam Phoenix. Johnson. He has the Phoenix jersey for Cam Johnson. I'm always like, oh, look, it's Cam Johnson whenever he's wearing it. I also love love Kobe White. Yes, very Gotta good player. Gotta love Kobe White. Um, but I'd probably say my favorite is Marcus Page. Yep. He's always a good, oh, I love Marcus Page so that much. That shot against Villanova was Ugh. one of the best shots I've ever seen Literally. that he hit. I mean, he was essentially kicking in the air when he shot that. It was super impressive to see him actually uh, make it. Yeah, gotta love Marcus Page and the 2017 and six, just 2016, actually. Yeah, tw- yeah, he left and... He didn't get a ring, unfortunately. But he was close to a ring. And I, he was there spiritually. He was there spiritually. Um, i trying to think, do we have any other, like, funny memories we could talk about? Um... No, I don't. I don't necessarily think so. I mean, we have memories. I just don't know if we want to talk about them. <laughs> but yeah, basically, um, Andrew's gonna be joining us for right now, just so it's not just like me talking to the mic. I'm getting kind of tired of that, even though it's only been two episodes. I just feel like having a conversation makes it a lot more fun and entertaining in a way. And Andrew's been bringing on some good ideas. I think. Did you text me first, or did I text you first about it? Honestly, I think I texted you first, but I don't remember. I don't was, re- recall. I remember it was so funny because when I said, yeah, for sure, he was like, wait, really? Wait, really? And he was talking about how excited he was. And I was like, I mean, as long as he doesn't care, that's called certified sports girl. And he said he was fine with it. So Talking about UNC sports is one of my passions. And so doing it in podcast form is always a good thing. Always a good thing. But on that note. Um, thank that, you guys for listening. Yes, thank you guys for listening. This will be the end of this episode. Um, like I said in the past um, episode, episodes will be releasing Fridays at 1 o'clock. That's when all of our episodes are going to be dropping. And follow the Certified Sports Girl pod on Instagram. Give us a follow on there so you get updates when we're posting and things like that. And hope you guys have a great week. And we'll be back next week to talk Carolina basketball. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>